0: you are listening to the rising phoenix podcast this is a podcast about maternal mental health disclaimer we are not professionals we are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma heads up some content may be triggering we are recording from the stone Sheba podcast studio in provo utah check them out on instagram for more info on our podcast and more
1: Hey everybody, it's Leslie. And I'm Lindsay. We are here with Lara Perry, LCSW, who is a mental health specialist. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. So go ahead and tell us your background, how you got into this and all
2: the goods. So I've been a therapist for several years and I worked at an agency that specialized in maternal mental health, and that's how I got into this. Um, and there's a group called postpartum support international and they have trainings all over the country. So I've attended the training and just found this to be a really rewarding
1: specialty. And I love working with postpartum women. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so what aspect of it do you really focus on? What's your main passion as far as postpartum goes? Um, well, I
2: work with all kinds of postpartum mood issues. I mean, there's depression, anxiety, OCD, um, and everything in between there. I just think it's such a vulnerable time for women that it's, it's just rewarding to help anyone that's struggling there.
1: So, mm-hmm. and you practice here in Utah. Yes. i my office is in Lehigh. Awesome. Okay. So tell us about all, she's got some notes and I'm so excited about them. <laughs> so just go for it. Yeah. So, um, A place that I start with all
2: of my clients is with self-compassion and noticing how we talk to ourselves, our self-talk, because so many times, especially as moms, we tend to beat ourselves up. Um, We say, "Why, why am I feeling this way? I should be joyful. I should be so happy right now. And we are just really mean to ourselves. We would never say the things that we say to ourselves to a really good friend. And so we start analyzing that and looking at that and how to speak to ourselves with, with compassion. And we really have to train our brains to do this. Uh, we're, our brains are wired for negativity, truly, and so we have to work to overcome that, to see the good in what we're doing, to see the good in ourselves. And Kristen Neff is a therapist that has done a lot of work on self-compassion, and she has an amazing website with a lot of resources on it. And there's a self-compassion meditation on there that I go through with people. Um, we can talk more about that if you want. But Yeah, how long is the meditation? It's only five minutes long. It's really? Just like a, yeah.
1: like that's have, awesome. They have them
2: of all different lengths, but this one is only five minutes. And it's it's just going over the principles of everyone has suffering in their life. Your suffering is valid. I think that's a huge point for a lot of people is that we tend to say well someone else has it worse um, that's a theme I noticed in listening to your episodes Is so we all said this to ourselves right like yeah. some, someone else has it worse and it's, I'm, I'm okay but really your suffering is valid and you feeling your suffering does not take away from anyone else's pain mm-hmm. so it's important to acknowledge that and acknowledge that everyone has suffering and that we, we wish ourselves well and we can do that through,
0: through our thoughts, through thinking and talking to ourselves with self-compassion I love that. So after you, you suggest that they listen to the meditation, is that something that they do on their own or something that they do with you? Sometimes I do it in the office okay. with them. Um,
2: and I, we can link to it in your notes. Yeah, that would be great. Um, and I think it's, it's just keeping track of your thoughts throughout the day. You know, noticing, oh, wow, I was really mean to myself when that happened. And just being more aware of that throughout your day too. And then when our clients come back, we talk about it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so then what's something else that you, what's like the next step after you do that with them?
2: Um, well, Brooke was on your podcast and she's with PSI in the Department of Health and they have a lot of great resources and the um, SUNSHINE acronym yes, that you talked about. I think even doing those little things for ourselves, making sure you don't get lost in motherhood, that you are going on a little walk if it's helpful, that you are spending time with friends, that you're laughing, that you're... Um, doing those things that really help our moods it's so easy to get lost especially with an infant I mean it's all consuming yeah and so it's it's okay to take time to tune in to yourself who you are and to not have your whole identity sucked up in motherhood
1: and so the people that the mothers or even fathers that come to see you are they typically what stage are they at is it very or are they you know newborn stage or have they had it for a long time? Have you noticed a trend as far as who finally comes to seek that help? Yeah, I think most of the people that come
2: to see me have infants six months and younger. Mm -hmm. But it can start in pregnancy a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that as often, I think. Depression, anxiety can definitely start in pregnancy. Um, And then it can go for a long time if not treated. So there's really no, no start and hard stop for it. But just in my experience, I think it's been around that age. But really, seek help anytime that Mm -hmm. you feel like you need to, right? And there are several free support groups out there in this area. And if you're in a different state, you can look on PSI's website and find a support group. So those are also a great resource. Okay, another thing that's important to talk about is that we are not our symptoms. So many times if we feel angry or irritable, we think, well, I'm... I'm just a bad mom. I'm a mean mom now, but it's not us. It's like a symptom of what you're experiencing. Like just like when we have a runny nose with our cold, it's just a symptom of what's going on. So these things that we experience are just a symptom of what's going on with us. And anger is one of those that's really hard for us to separate sometimes because we feel so guilty when we are angry if we yell at our kids or if we're angry. It's, it's really hard for us to separate that, but. That's one of the things that I work on with my clients is separating that out. Like you are not your symptoms. Mm-hmm. This is a is what's going on with you right now. Um, and I think it's a, important to use anger as a clue and to say, oh, I notice I'm, I'm angry today. What's going on with me? What can I do different? Instead of getting really wrapped up in it. And it kind of freaks us out sometimes. Like we don't like to feel anger, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, but to just use it as a clue, to be even kinder to ourselves if we're feeling really angry. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a Buddhist monk that has, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name actually, but he has this great um, book about anger and he says we should treat our anger like a little baby. And I like that metaphor because if you have an infant, then you're really, you know what a baby needs. You have to, it's like all consuming. We have to like be gentle with our anger. We have to, if, it, if our anger is like calling us to do something then we have to pay attention like we can't ignore our anger we like we wouldn't ignore baby we have to just treat it um as a clue and figure out what we need like maybe we need to make a change in our lives maybe we need to set a boundary maybe we need to ask for more help Mm -hmm. those kind of things i love that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so many of my mom friends we all talk about anger One of my friends texted me the other day, and she's like, please tell me I'm not the worst mom ever. I just freaked out and lost it on my son. It's like, I do it all the time, all the time.
2: Yeah, I think we all do. It happens, Mm -hmm. and we just have to know what to do next, right? What to do with it. Yep. Um, And really, the most important thing in families and relationships is repair. Like, we go back and we say, I'm sorry I did that. We'll repair it, you know, and then learn, okay, what's my anger telling me? What do I need to do now? Do I need to call a babysitter and have a break for my kids? Do I need to... What do I need to do here?
1: Mm-hmm. And Lindsay's really good at that with her boys. When you have those moments of like losing it sometimes, like we all do. Absolutely. You're so good at talking through it with them afterwards. Like I learn all those techniques from her because she'll sit down and, and work through it and talk to them and help them understand and apologize. Like you're yeah. really good it's at It's usually that. through a
0: lot of tears mm-hmm. on my part mm-hmm. <laughs> the guilt, you know, but I do make sure I do that because... Then I feel like they know, like, this. I didn't want to react that way, and you know, mm-hmm. and I and I let them know their part in it too. Like, this happened because you did this, and next time we can do this better. We can do better next time. We'll mm-hmm. both work on that, you know. Mm-hmm. So
2: it's all a process. And as parents, we go through developmental stages too. We're just we figuring all, it out, right? We think it's all about our kids, but really we're growing and learning. And um, there's this term called matrescence comparing new motherhood to adolescence oh because it is like a similar change right totally. that was um Alexandra Sachs is a researcher who coined that term and with all the hormone changes all the life changes it really is similar to adolescence and we think through all the stuff that adolescents go through in puberty yeah and it's like wow but really as new mothers we're going through a similar shift. So we really have to be gentle with ourselves.
0: Oh, I
1: love that. And I noticed on your Instagram, you have a link to some resources from your website there. And one of them said dads and depression. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So dads can get postpartum depression too. Mm -hmm. Like any major life event can really trigger depression for us. Right. But Um, The birth of a new baby can for sure trigger depression in dads. Like they go through similar feelings of inadequacy and not knowing what to do as moms do. So they definitely need to be aware of their mental health during that stage too. Mm -hmm. And
1: what would you tell um, a mom that doesn't have postpartum? She's feeling fine. She's overwhelmed and consumed with her baby. What could she watch out for with her husband to maybe see if that's something he would have?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I think noticing any changes in him—is he isolating more? Does he have loss of interest in his usual things? Mm-hmm. Is he just off? Like we talk about, like sometimes partners tell us, like you're something's off with you. You know, mm-hmm. I think anytime you notice something's different, you could bring that up.
1: And the dads can come to same kind of treatment, everything yes. like that. So yes, okay. all those resources. Mm-hmm. I think it's
0: a lot less talked about with dads because Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's not something you hear about but i remember when i had my first um i had like an immediate bond with him and Mm -hmm. i just could not get enough of him and i remember my husband saying i just want him to grow up so i can teach him stuff like Mm -hmm. he's like i mean i i see the bond that you have with him and i mean i love him but like i don't feel like you feel and i'm kind of jealous of that I, I don't think that he had depression, but I think it's normal for dads to go s- through some emotions with right. a new baby. It's definitely a change for everyone.
2: Yeah, it is for sure. And in our, in our society, we still don't allow men the space to talk about their emotions. We're getting better. <laughs> right. As yeah. a society. As more men health, open up about yeah. it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, specific to postpartum anxiety. And postpartum anxiety can be different to tease out from postpartum depression. They can all manifest differently for everyone, as you guys know. Um, but someone with postpartum anxiety, especially from the outside, can look can look perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're always done up. Oh, we dinner on the table, you know. But really, on the inside, is they're they're dying on the inside. Right. Um, something specific to postpartum anxiety also are what we call intrusive thoughts, those scary thoughts. Um, it can go along with postpartum OCD as well, but. Women can have images or thoughts of scary things happening to the baby or themselves, and that is so, so scary for Mm -hmm. women to go through. So I just want to say, if you've experienced that and it's alarmed you, like, you can tell yourself, this is an intrusive thought. Like, this is caused by my anxiety. This is part of an illness. It's not part of who you are. It's not part of who you are as a mother. So to not, you know definitely like seek out help but to know that that can be a
1: symptom as well and when you're so i had i've had that i i have too forever Mm -hmm. like my son's five and i still feel like i have that sometimes but nowhere like what it was but Mm -hmm. when you're in that moment Mm -hmm. um what do you do you know because it feels it's when when i had those thoughts when they were so consuming and when i still do Mm -hmm. It's some. It's so true to me. Mm-hmm. It's my truth, and mm-hmm. I feel it so strong. Like I remember being so scared that my son would stop breathing in the night nights, like with my hand on his chest. But mm-hmm. like, it was so true to me. It didn't feel crazy. It didn't feel exaggerated. It felt like this is going to happen. Or so in that moment when you're in the thick of it, what's something that we can do to sort of, you know, obviously I've learned now to just bust the myth. Mm-hmm. But like. You know for moms that are still in the thick of that when you're maybe not medicated yet or Mm -hmm. at all or Mm -hmm. you don't want to be or whatever like what's something in that moment that you think would maybe help
2: it's so hard i think it just takes practice right Mm -hmm. busting the myth is a great phrase one i like to use is creating space between who you are and that thought so it doesn't consume you and you know go to a support group go to a therapist so you get practice in how to create that space in your thoughts and I had intrusive thoughts after one of my babies was born as well and luckily I've had years of training in this and <laughs> so I had that thought and my next thought was I just had an intrusive thought and I was able to separate it mm-hmm. like thankfully and I you know so many women that don't have that experience I understand how scary how scary that is for real mm-hmm. um, so I think it just takes that practice to know this is what's going on with me.
1: Mm-hmm. I know that one of the things that at least it's been somewhat helpful for me was treating the bust the myth or creating space um, like a muscle mm-hmm. so that when I wasn't needing that muscle to hold things right to lift the heavy stuff I was working on it and when I wasn't in that scary space mm-hmm. to be able to practice it outside of that so that prepare mm-hmm. for when that moment did come and I felt like I didn't have control over my thoughts, that I was a little bit stronger in that space.
2: Yes. To kind of work through it a little yes. bit, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great thing to do for sure. Um, another thing I have my clients do, not really specific to intrusive thoughts, but is create a list at the end of every day of things that they did right that day. Um, it's so like we've talked about, our brains just go to the negative. And mm-hmm. so I have done this for myself or at the end of the day, I'll write down, okay, I did this right today as a mom. I made that PB and J with love or whatever it is, those simple things, because it helps train our brains to see the positive, to see that we are doing well as a mom, even if we're having some depression or anxiety or whatever, we are still a good mom. We're still
1: doing good things. Do you see healing and improvement that happens without medication? Because some, a lot of moms don't want to go there Yes. and may not need to.
2: Yeah. I think it's so, it's so different for every person. some moms don't need medication. Uh, I think education, support, therapy, support groups, asking for help from people that you trust, you can definitely see improvement with those things alone. Um, Something about medication though, if you do go that route, there is a DNA test that you can do where they swab your cheek and figure out which set of medications are going to work better for you versus a different set. So that I know it's hard to figure out a medication. Sometimes you have to try yeah. several. And so that can be something really helpful if you ask your
1: doctor about that. Okay. And just say, how do you, how do you word that? Just I've heard there's a the DNA, DNA test. test. Yes. <laughs> they should know what you, you the mean. Swab. Okay. That's good. I know there's a lot of moms that don't do the medication because they don't want to have to deal with going on 10 different ones to get there. Yeah.
2: And I understand that. I definitely, that's a daunting route to go sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you start to notice improvement and you feel better doing other things, that's
1: great. So Laura, you had a quote or a post on your Instagram that I just like, it stuck with me. So do you mind reading that quote? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, this is a quote by Gina Ogden. She says, was there nurturing in your childhood or was there disappointment and abuse? Having a child will bring up feelings about your own early life. There can be, this can be one of the blessings of motherhood, even if those feelings are difficult ones. Our children can wake us up, helping us see what emotional baggage we're carrying around. In fact, bringing a baby can bring up all the unresolved issues of your past and magnify them until you absolutely have to pay attention. It's crucial that you listen to your body, mind, heart, and spirit and recognize where you are in the healing process.
1: I love that so much. So what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I think, like we said earlier, parenting, we go through developmental stages, right? If we've had a trauma in our past, when our child reaches that age, we can experience feelings of that trauma again. Um, There's like a lot of ways that this can tie in, I think. Um, And children, children are really like needy, right? Mm -hmm. And they can bring up feelings of, neediness in us if we weren't parented in ways that we needed to be parented it can bring up that loss again so I think it's just a very it can be a very emotional process parenting right Mm -hmm. and this is like deeper work that I would do with my clients maybe after they had kind of settled into a more comfortable place Mm-hmm. If, with their, if they come in for postpartum depression or anxiety, we're not going to jump right into their childhood stuff. Like they got to feel better now first, you know, but then if they want to go there, then we definitely talk about this and how um, just how the parenting role can make us feel, reflect on our own childhood and make
1: us feel these feelings. Is it common that you see that this kind of stuff happens like yeah. it unearths things from your childhood. Yeah, is it common,
2: definitely. I think so. And not not all my clients want to go there, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And not everyone needs to, or you know. But I think for the people that do, it can be really helpful to do that.
1: Hmm. That's awesome. And I noticed on your Instagram, you have the book. It didn't start with me mm-hmm. about epigenetics. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah. Um, that is a fascinating book what are your what's your take on all of that because some people think (laughs) that's just crazy right
2: yeah I I thought that was a great book some of it was a little out there for me Mm -hmm. but I think the basic idea is sound that trauma can be passed through generations right Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not a scientist I don't know about the whole epigenetic piece but definitely relational trauma can be passed down and that can play out as we're a parent you know we we realize oh I'm not how I thought I would be as a parent or I wanted to reject that part of parenting I didn't want to be like that but it turns out I am and why is that and going to therapy can be really helpful to figure that out Mm -hmm.
1: what would you tell a mom or a dad um on their very worst day when they're scared to tell anybody that they have it. Cause like I said, most like most of these women that have done podcasts with us have never shared their story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've only gone to the doctor. They don't want to talk about it. They feel shame, um, guilt. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be the service project. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? I totally get that. I've been there. <laughs> you know, me too.
2: I think just knowing you are not alone. You are not the only one that's been through this. You are not your symptoms. And with help, you will get better. I think that's what I would say. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another analogy that I like to use with clients um, is the sky mind analogy, where, you know, the sky doesn't change, but sometimes different things roll through. A, a rainstorm rolls through or it's cloudy, but the sky is always there. And with any kind of depression or anxiety, Like, it can feel like we're in that rainstorm, right? And that's all there is. Mm -hmm. But it can be helpful to know, no, I I haven't changed. Like, I am still who I am. I'm having symptoms of this anxiety or depression right now, but it's going to pass through. And to just, it's just kind of helpful, I think, in creating that space or busting that myth, like, Mm -hmm. knowing it, this will pass. This this is not your new normal. This is not forever. If you don't feel right to say, okay, I'm in a rainstorm right now. I need to,
1: I need to get help. I need to get out of this. And what kind of um, treatment do you offer at your office? What do you... Cause for people that are local here to Utah, I know we have a lot of listeners here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, what other types, what do you offer there?
2: So at my office, I just do individual and couples therapy. Okay. But there are several support groups around so we can make sure to
1: to link to those okay perfect and um have you noticed with the support groups that it really makes a difference i know some people can't afford counseling or can't afford things like that are the support groups do they cost some of them do some of them don't okay Mm hmm But I think support groups are amazing. Just
2: it's so, I mean, that's why this podcast is amazing, right? You just hear other women's stories and you say, oh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. She got
1: better and so will I. So for women that have never been to counseling or therapy or anything like that before, can you kind of guide us through what that looks like?
2: Yes, it can be pretty scary to start counseling. I know I've been a client myself and I know it's hard to go and be like, I'm going to spill my guts to this person that I don't know. Um, But it's so they talk about how you need to shop for a therapist and it's true you need to find someone that you connect with that you feel safe with if you're having postpartum depression anxiety I would recommend getting someone that has training specifically for that Um, so I have my clients fill out some paperwork online before they come in just basics of why they're coming in what's going on with them and then we meet and um, Most people come in once a week to start with, sometimes twice a week, depending on what they're going through, and then as some people start to feel better, they go to every other week or just lessen their sessions, and for postpartum depression and anxiety, it doesn't necessarily need to be, like, this long, you're going to be in therapy for a year, it can be really short, like, sometimes six to eight times, ten times they come, and it, you know, they feel better, um... But we, we just talk, you know, I provide education, I listen, they tell me what the worst symptom is for them, we, it's kind of a partnership, we work together to figure out what is going to help them feel better. And so they feel like they have tools in their tool belt when they're feeling really bad or really low, they just feel like they have somewhere to go, something to do.
0: And you give them like a weekly assignment, something to focus on, something to work on and kind of report back to you? Yes, I love giving homework. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: try not to make it too overbearing, especially for new parents. But I have um, TED talks that I'll email to listen. Um, Just simple things like think about this this week, and just send them an email to so they remember what what to focus on that week or what we talked about. And really, they say a majority of why therapy works is your fit with the therapist, the connection that you have with them. So it's really important to find someone. Like if you go meet with a therapist and you're like, I'm not sure we click or I feel safe with them just to, to find somebody else so yeah. that's a really important piece of it
1: is there a way to figure that out without actually having to go to an appointment like a phone consultation yeah. or like you know have you found there's a way to do that without
2: yeah I think I know I offer like a free phone consult or we can chat for a few minutes I think most therapists will do that you can talk on the phone first and say this is my problem how would you help me Mm -hmm. how would you like what do you tell clients in my situation so you can kind of get a feel for that that's great and um in several places they also have like intensive outpatient therapy they call it where you can go every day for I think three to four hours a day to get more intensive therapy and that is really helpful for a lot of women
1: Hmm. and I know that one of my friends she was talking about she kept saying like i i can't afford this i can't afford this and her husband was like you can we can just don't go to lunch mm-hmm. once a week for the whole month even if you go once a month mm-hmm. just make it work and go just mm-hmm. don't go to you cafe can't rio afford not to yeah basically and it was so cool to hear her husband say that because he was just like we can we can make this work if you if even like i said like even once a month mm-hmm just don't go to lunch once a week that you know so there's there's ways to to make that work and there's even assistance Mm -hmm. you know sometimes through Mm -hmm. your religious sector or yes things like that so there's so just for I just want to make sure all the moms out there know that there is a way to make that Mm -hmm. work um and it it just can look however it gets to look but feel that way yes
2: and it's I mean it's hard for us as moms to prioritize ourselves Mm -hmm. and mental health goes into that it's hard to say I'm going to spend this money going to therapy when we're like oh but we need all this other stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but really it's like the oxygen mask analogy you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone
1: else so I agree completely
0: Mm
1: -hmm. well anything else that you want to go into or want us to know other than we'll definitely post the links to your Instagram and your website and all of that on the podcast description. I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast@gmail.com.
0: at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, Visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org.
1: We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.